This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. Welcome back to another episode. I'm here today with Jeremy McLiver. Welcome back, everyone. And I'm Ryan England. We're the co-hosts here. And today we're going to have a quick little conversation, hopefully to help you out with one of the biggest challenges facing businesses in America today. It's no secret that the job market has really been rattled over the last 18 months. And we hear time and time again that I just can't find good people. I just cannot find people. It was so much easier two years ago. And we're going to share with you some of the things that we see working, some of the things that you can put into your business right away. So Jeremy, I'm excited to have this conversation. I know that you deal with this a lot. Tell me some of the things that you're hearing. Yeah. So I think like the most common issue that we're seeing in the session room right now is finding good people, tons of opportunity to grow, economy's doing good, everything like that. Just we can't find good people. So that's really why we're excited to share that today. Yeah. It just seems to be that common thing, finding people. When people tell me they can't find people, I have this visual of them out in the desert, like picking up rocks and knocking over boulders. And they're like, yep, there's none under here. We're sneaking around corners downtown. And they're like, yep, no one down here. Like, what do you think people mean when they're saying, I can't find good people? Like what's going through their mind when they use that word find? I don't think they're digging through the, walk through the desert, digging under rocks, but I think that they're digging under a stack of resumes that don't connect with anything, or they're digging through these online platforms and they just keep looking through old stuff and it's just junk everywhere that's just cluttery. And so they're looking and that's why they're using the word finding. They're kind of digging through piles of just junk and nothing's really sticking out to them. They're not seeing opportunity. Yeah. It used to be that you know when unemployment was super low and before we had all these changes that there seemed to be a lot of people looking for work especially when the unemployment was low. It's like, wow, we can find it. And it's, it's so weird. Like it's almost ironic. Unemployment is high and no one's looking for work, or at least it seems that way. And you mentioned those online platforms. I hear people tell me about Indeed almost all the time. I'm on posting on Indeed. I'm not getting anything or I'm looking for someone that has the experience. And then they've spent five years in the industry and they're currently a cashier at McDonald's. Like, I don't know why they're applying for my jobs. And one of the things that I really want the listeners to hear right now, and we see this work time and time again, if you stop looking for people, like stop thinking about looking for people and start thinking about attracting people, how do you get people to notice you? How do you get people to notice your company, notice your jobs? What can you do to stand out and be a little different, be a little more exciting so that you're not pursuing people, but they're instead pursuing you? It's one of the biggest things we see. If you're not attracting good people to your business, it might be because you're not attractive to good people. Like really think about that from a job seeker's perspective. Yeah. So when you say that, I do see teams that have stronger cultures, uh, more engaged teams. And so sometimes the tactics that you hear what worked for somebody, they did some form of... uh, They just asked all their employees for some more employees and it worked. And so I'm going to try it and I try it and it don't work. It might be a reflection of the engagement because I know that some of the best hires come from 
those employees that are fully engaged and they're communicating in the marketplace to the other competitors' employees how great it is to work here. And so they're building a brand image that this is where you want to work. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things you have to recognize is that your frontline employees, those people that are out there that talking to their friends and family, this isn't what they do all day. They're not salespeople. Most of them aren't salespeople, right? They're not marketers. If you're not equipping them with the tools they need to make those referrals, to connect with those people, to attract people to your brand, like you're doing a disservice for them. Most employee referral programs don't work. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why that is. And there are some things you can do to make them work. But a lot of it has to do with, are you giving them the tools that they need to get the job done? Given the employee the tools or to get do their job with inside the organization or giving them the tools to refer properly? Well, you got to do both, especially if you want productive employees, but no, the tools to refer properly. So here's the thing about employee referrals. Only 6% of the job market, like they've done surveys on this, only 6% of people are actually motivated by a financial reward to refer their friends or family. 94% of the people that are working for you will not refer their friends or family for any amount of financial reward. Really? They just won't do it. So what are the motivators? Well, the truth is switching jobs is a very stressful event. One of life's most stressful events is looking for work. And if you've been self-employed for a while, you've been an entrepreneur for a while, you haven't done this, go ask somebody that you just recently hired if they really enjoyed switching jobs. And the answer is always no. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of frustration. It's a lot of uncertainty. I'm making the right choices here. Am I doing the right thing for my family? Like, There's a lot of risk associated with it. And for most people, they don't want to go to their friend and say, hey, buddy, do you mind if I drag you through one of life's most stressful events so you can come talk to my employer? <laughs> because they're looking for people. And I think you'd be great. I get that's not the language that they're using, but that's what's really going on. Like, oh, anxiety. I don't want to switch jobs. I don't want to look. I don't want to be in the market. And so what we find is the best ways to get employer referral program to work is to align the reward with the values that exist inside of your organization. Give me some examples on that one. You know, a lot of times, especially in the blue collar space, there's always some sort of value around family, spending time, creating connection, those kinds of things. And whether you've got a core value of family or something similar about spending time with loved ones, imagine how it would be, especially if you don't offer PTO. You know, a lot of guys in the field, they don't get PTO right away. Take a while. We got one client, five years, you have to work for them before you get a single paid day off if you're a craft worker. So imagine if you went to him, you said, hey, I tell you what, I'll give you a four-day weekend for every person that I hire that you refer. Four-day weekend. You get Friday and Monday paid. Go spend time with your family. The amount of referrals we got from implementing that program was just off the charts crazy, like unbelievable. We didn't hire all of them, but these guys were willing to go out there and talk to their friends about it. You know, another one that we get around the same type of value, spending time with your loved ones is if you got an organization where you've got shift work or you make people work weekends, for every successful referral, let them pick their schedule for the next month. Now, I know your managers are like, no, we can't do that. It's too much work. But it motivates people because if you're attracting people that are drawn in because you have this family culture, this family type culture, and then you say, we're going to walk the walk and we're going to create an employee referral program that rewards that value. When you help us, now all of a sudden, 
you get people motivated to help you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what's some others maybe outside of the family or loved one? You have some other examples of how we could apply this? Yeah. So keep in mind that money is a means to an end. I ask people all the time, if you had a million dollars in the bank and I didn't give you the account number, are you a millionaire? No, you can't spend the money. So what are the things that your people value? So we've got some clients that will have a membership. Maybe it's to a country club. Maybe it's to a gun club. They've got some memberships and they hire people that value what they value that are, have similar interests. And so the person can get rewarded and say, hey, the next month you can join us at the country club on the weekends or whatever. Sometimes it might be something around, hey, we can get you Disneyland tickets for every successful referral. Or one of the things that I really like to do, especially when the prizes get a little more expensive, like Disneyland tickets are insane these days. Every referral that comes in, someone's name goes into a hat. And then there's a prize at the end. So we had one company that's really heavy on tech. They're like paperless construction company, all this other stuff. And they hired people that were into tech. And so they did a thing where you got one of the latest, greatest iPads. And so once a quarter, they put all the names into a hat of everybody that referred and someone gets drawn and they get to win the iPad. So it's never about the dollars as much as it is. What are they going to use those dollars for? Love that. So when we're out there bringing it back around to this finding thing, and you know, that was a good kind of dive into the, just an employee referral, but bringing it back to trying to find it. We're digging under, you said rocks out in the middle of the desert, but it feels about the same when there's a pile of papers on my desk that I'm digging through trying to find Absolutely. somebody and I don't even have time to look for them. And then I got all of these McDonald's workers, no offense, but I'm looking for five years experience. I'm just shuffling through junk. What's some ways that we can find good people? This so is two ways. Let's do this. So there's the short term. I have an immediate need. I need to fill a position now. And then there's a the long term. Let me start with the long-term because these are actually easier things to do, I find, for most entrepreneurs. There's really two things that are going to help you long-term and breaking this cycle of not being able to find people. The first one is really put an emphasis on your what I call your employer brand. And for many of you listening, you've got a brand for your business. You've got a logo and a website, maybe even some social media profiles. Heck, maybe even wrap your trucks. You've got a brand. When people think about your business, there's something they can look at. But we often just spend too much emphasis on making that about the customer. We almost alienate employees when it comes to that. And there's some easy changes you can make. They're not going to get you people right away. Put together a really well thought out careers page on your website. Spend some time really connecting with people. So this employer branding is really going to help you long-term in attracting the right people. But, you know, if we need to do something quick and we want to think, okay, how do I find some people right now? You're still going to have to attract them. It's that simple. Now, you go on a first date, somebody's going to get their hair done. Somebody's going to put on some nice clothes because, hey, I want to make sure I'm attractive to the other person. It's the same thing here when we're thinking about this. And I will tell you, one of the biggest misses I think people find when they're really looking to hire some people quickly is more often than not, you've probably had some turnover in your past. You probably let some good ones go. Become a little vulnerable, humble yourself, make a phone call. Let them know that them joining the team, welcoming them back. I mean, just some of these quick phone calls can be amazing. We had a client that had a couple of big projects wrap up and, and they probably lost 40% of their field workers. And they called me up and they said, 
He said, Ryan, we got some new jobs. We need to get some more guys. And I was like, what about the 40% of guys that just left like three months ago when those projects wrapped up? Why aren't we reaching out to them? Like we need to get out of this mindset that Indeed and Craigslist are the only ways to get people to join our team. Does that help answer that question, Jeremy? Yeah. So if I could sum that up, the first one is really look at the way we're going to market. As you said, the brand. At first, when you said that, I was thinking of some major like overhaul and was feeling a little weight on that. But then as you started bringing that down, I was like, no, just read my website from an employee's perspective, not a client's perspective. Is that attractive? Is that someplace I'd like to work? And then making sure that our ads, everything that we're putting out there in the marketplace looks like the kind of employee we want, would want. So just kind of dress up, make sure that it looks exactly like we want it. And that's what you're meaning by this employer brand thing. Did I understand yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. It's just mentioned the dating analogy, like comb your hair and take a shower and you know, just be attractive. Like make it so that when employees come across your website or your social media, they're like, wow, that looks like a place I'd want to work. Versus, wow, that looks like a place that puts such an emphasis on customers, their turnover must be ridiculous. What are some of the uh, mishaps of not looking so good out there? Like what are some of the things that you see common mistakes? You know, there's this saying, I'm going to ask if you can finish it for me, Jeremy. Most of our listeners probably heard it. People don't leave jobs. They leave managers every time. They know what the work is. They know how to do the work. They're looking for someone else to sign the front of their paycheck. That's what they're looking for. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they forget to communicate the value of being a part of their team. Like, here's the honest truth. Your customers they're going to eat that stuff up. Hearing that you've got a highly functioning team, great communication, you got managers that care. But I think one of the mishaps is we disregard that and we think oh, our customers aren't going to care. So why should we bother with that kind of talk or, or messaging or anything like that? Like, you know, some of the most successful ad campaigns we've done in crazy side effect, like it wasn't the intention, but they drew in as many new customers as they drew in applicants. Really? They just, we create some video ads, we post them on YouTube and all of a sudden, like, we don't know who's looking for a job. We don't know who's in the industry. Most field workers, they're not updating their profiles saying, this is what I do. So we just advertise it to people that have interests like us and people end up seeing those ads and they call it like, Hey, I need your help. It's insane how much value you can get out of rethinking your ads and just start communicating to both groups, hmm. not just the one. Sounds cool. That was the far out. And then bringing it in a little closer, you were just saying on that one, we just need to be tidy on the way that we're presenting it in the short term. Did I understand those? Well, and the short term is, is don't think that the only opportunities are job boards. You see only three to 5% of people are on the job boards at any given time. 70% of people looking to switch jobs. I just heard a stat the other day. I don't know if this is true. 80 million people are expected to switch jobs in the next 12 months in the United States. That's half the workforce. Wow. The job boards aren't getting 80 million people looking at their jobs. Those people are switching because they have a service provider come to their house and like, wow, the way they treated me, I wonder if they're hiring. 80 million, that's a lot. It's crazy how many people are supposed to be switching jobs. And so there's definitely not a shortage. When you need someone quick, Sometimes you can't wait until they're ready. So one of the easiest things you can do is go back to the people that you let get away. You know, if you're dealing with turnover, there's probably some people that left that you wish would come back. 
And sometimes our egos get in the way and we're too afraid to make that phone call because maybe we screwed up and we know it. So what? They might not be any happier where they're at. They might've been wishing they could go back, but their ego's in the way. <laughs> so take the first step, solve one of your biggest business challenges and make the phone call. Cool. As you're talking about this, that long-term and that short-term, so it's one of the most common issues that we're seeing in the session room right now. One thing that I've noticed is the teams that actually can let go a little bit of some of the pressure they're feeling and just get to focus so that they can make sure that their brand looks good, so they can put their best foot forward on any of these situations, so they can develop the best strategy to go get these new employees or previous employees is they actually just look at how many do they actually need. Mm. You know, you're feeling the shortage right now and I need people and I'm working hard and I got this manager that overworked and I'm burning out and we got, blah, blah. And you're kind of going through all of that. When they really look at it and say, you know, I need 18 people. <laughs> like, that's it. I just need 18 really, really good ones. If I get that, I know. And I say, that's it. But in the moment, I don't feel like that's it. It's like, man, that's like finding them's harder than walking through the desert with no water. Like, but when they get clear, Hey, I'm looking for 18 and where are those 18 and what would those 18 want? And that starts helping them be like, okay, I am going to be way more thoughtful, strategic about the people I'm going to look for. Instead of feeling like I don't need 80 million. <laughs> I need 18 of them. Yeah. And then once I get those, maybe I'll be good. At that point, I might be looking for another five because found some really good ones were growing or now I'm realizing what kind of employee I can hire. And I'm realizing there's opportunity to take my team to the next level. Let's just say it that way. Right. Yeah. Replace a couple. So, you know, it's funny as you were telling me that getting really methodical and just getting really focused and everything else. We had a client we were working with, they had 76 open positions, like legitimately they needed to hire 76 people. And uh, I was like, here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan. Go. And we didn't hear from them for a few weeks. Like they were busy, they were doing their thing. And all of a sudden I started getting all these notices that all of our ad campaigns stopped running because the jobs got closed. I call up, I go, what's going on? They go, we got so focused on who the right person was. We could identify them the second an application came in. We filled almost all of them in like three weeks. They never thought that'd be possible. But like what you were saying, just get really focused on who it is that you need and get really methodical about this is it. I need 76 people. I don't need 400 like I did last year, which I think they hired 400 people last year, but they turned so many of them. They just were under the assumption, I'm going to need another 400 people this year. No, they needed 76 good ones to stay. And that was it. Excellent. Well, that's what we're talking about. And with that, one other point that I'll say with this, and I know we're on the finding good people, but don't forget that when they walk in the door for that interview, you're still looking you're still on the date. You haven't made the offer yet. Yeah. And so I find the teams that are clear that I need 76. That's a lot. 18. I've had teams realize they're feeling all stressed out. They need three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? The whole thing feels like the whole company is going to go down because we can't hire, find good help. And when they really look at, no, it's three positions we need. And when they get that clear, Yes, they can funnel through the resumes. They can be more strategic about how they're putting their foot forward. But they also can be more candid and clear and confident oh, in yeah. the interview. When they're in that interview and they're candid, clear, and confident, they just do a better interview. And some of them said, I was just going to do that interview and I was going to hire them anyway. But when they got that real with it, 
They just set it up better. They did it better. They got better results. And so there's a beauty in just knowing how many do I need? Who do I really want? And then where am I going to go get them? Yeah. And I loved what you said too. I was just talking to a business owner the other day. He's like, I don't know. I think I just need to shut business down. I can't do it. I said, oh, really? What's going on? He's like, we can't find anybody. Like we have nobody. Like we can't do it. And when we started digging into it, they needed two people. Two people would completely transform the way they thought about the business. But it's real though. I mean, those two people are causing a lot of stress. Those two Absolutely. are overworking 15 people and it's causing a lot of burnout. It's causing customer complaints. It's creating oh, more yeah. inefficiency. It's costing more money and it's just making it a total mess and a headache. And so we can say two people, but man, the world is better when we get those two people. Yeah. And by the time we were done with our call, they had two names of people that they already knew that they knew were looking that they could reach out to, to fill those positions because they got focused. That's the other thing too. Like, I love what you said about just getting methodical and just focused on it because that's absolutely true. Absolutely. So for everybody out there, I hope you've gotten a lot of value at looking at finding good people. And really, we're not looking to find it. Hopefully, that's the big takeaway today. I keep saying that because that's the words we hear. But really, I want you to start looking at, hey, who am I trying to attract? Because they need to be coming to you. It needs to be a mutual deal. So thank you all for listening. Yeah, no, thanks, Jeremy. I enjoyed the conversation. I look forward to our next one. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by bluecollarculture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to bluecollarculture.com.